Welcome to the Eternal ROI Podcast, where we share the real stories of workplace transformation. And now, here are your hosts, Will Stewart and Chris Patton. Welcome to the Eternal ROI Podcast. Good to have everybody watching and listening along. I'm Will Stewart, joined as always by Chris Patton, CEO of His Way at Work. Hey, Chris. Will, how are you doing today? Doing great. Fantastic. Man, it's exciting today. We are excited to bring to the audience a gentleman named Simon Lee. I got to hear Simon in Orlando, Florida back mm. in May of this year, and uh, he did a breakout at a C12 conference. Mm. And uh, I'm not going to steal his thunder. I'll let him share some of what's on his heart and what he's been sharing with business owners for the last, I don't know how long, probably year or two or more. But uh, he's just someone, as soon as you hear him start talking, you know he's got a relationship with God and and it's real. And he it impacts every part of his life. Love so it. won't talk any more about it, but just want to introduce Simon Lee. Welcome, Simon. How's it going, guys? Fantastic. Thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. So for the people who may not know who you are and uh, may not know anything about your company, what's the elevator pitch? What's the what's the quick who you are, what you do, and, and where you're located? Well, if you can't tell, I'm Asian. And um, <laughs> actually, I was born in Taiwan. I came when I was eight years old to the United States, uh, straight to Houston, Texas. And um, um, business has been um, our family passion from my grandfather to my father and to me. And so a lot of people ask me, how do I get into business? How do I get this passion? It was really, really passed down. And so I had a chance to go to University of Texas undergrad and later went to Dallas Theological Seminary and later on to Harvard Business School. So I got a pretty unique background in theological training and business. And um, would love to share that about, uh, love to share more about that to you guys and, and how the Lord put that passion in me and how the Lord directed my path in this way. Awesome. And so you now run a company called Buy On Purpose. And tell us a little bit about what that is. Buy On Purpose is a company that donates 50% of the profit away. And so we do that by selling office supplies, janitorial supplies, tech supplies, and office furniture. So we get about 100,000 items on our website. We ship to all 48 states uh, in one or two business days. And what we try to do in our company is we try to share our story of generosity I'm trying to share the story that Jesus really owns our company. And uh, we have Christian customers and we have non-Christian customers. They all support us. And so um, we actually um, grew pretty fast this year. We're up by 255% this year, which is amazing. So (laughs) Say that again. 255% this year. And so we're going to give our biggest donation this year. So all glory to God. This is all all about a God story here. Mm, wow. that's, that's incredible. It's, it's, I mean, you said something just absolutely astounding, which is giving away 50% of profits. I mean, that's, that's a, a huge thing. I mean, most businesses, if they hit 10%, I mean, yeah, that's they're, right. they're, 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 you know, shooting off confetti cannons and, and, you know, 50% is, is your way of life. Obviously that did not start, you know, uh, was it from childhood that that started? I assume that there's a, there's a moment in your life where you said, um, you know, God is calling me to do something. Um, what was that moment? What led you to the to that path where you're like, I gotta do, you know, donate fifty percent of profits? Yeah. So I, I think this question I get asked quite often, and um, I think a lot of people like to compare um, each other's company and and what we're doing and all that. And and the the first thing I want to say is that 
do what God is calling you to do. So if the Lord is calling you to donate 5%, do 5%. If the Lord is calling you to do 50%, you do 50%. Whatever the Lord is calling you to do, go ahead and do that. Be faithful till the end on the call of God. And so when I was, um, by the time I turned 20, 28, I would say, 28, 29 years old, I've been to about 15 different countries traveling overseas doing short-term missions. And so um, 19 years old when, when I was, I did my first overseas missions and the Lord changed me so much so that I told God in my prayer that if I could for the rest of my life do one or two missions trip a year overseas, then I would do it. And so for the next, um, from 19 to 28, for the next nine years, I did one or two missions trip every year. And so I, I was exposed to poverty, um, extreme poverty where, uh, you know, there, there's no houses, children haven't eaten in two weeks. I mean, mm-hmm. just the whole nine yards. And one of those trips that I came back when I was 28 years old, I had the recurring dream, the number 50. And so after I saw poverty, I saw devastation and came back to Houston. And, 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 and one of those nights, I woke up at two o'clock and the number 50 was flashing in my dream, like a neon sign, similar to a Las Vegas neon sign. It was so bright that it woke me up. 50, 50, 50, over and over again. For the next 30 days, I had the same dream. Mm-hmm. And so I would wake up at two o'clock in, in the morning, not knowing what is happening. And so um, knowing that God still speaks to in dreams and visions, I started to pray and I sought counsel and I fasted. And I had a, had a season of three to four months of intense prayer, asking God, what does he want to do with my life? At this time, I was in line to take over my dad's business and he was going to retire. And that was my life plan is to take over his company. Well, the Lord interrupted that in a big way. And so four months later, after counsel, after prayer, after fasting, I knew that God wanted me to start a business to donate 50% of the profit away. And there's another side story to this. What's well, not a side story. It's a big story. When I told my dad about the story, he said, you must be crazy. I, I worked 40 years of my life to give you this company to you. And yet you're going to go with this dream that you had. And um, I told my dad, I said, the Bible tell, tells me to honor the fa- honor our father and mother. And so I'm going to honor you. All I ask for you and mom is to go home and pray and to see if this is indeed I'm crazy or if this is God really calling me to do this. Wow. Three months later, December 2003, my dad came into my office, put a check of $50,000 and lay on my desk. And I said, Dad, what is this, year-end bonus? And he goes, no, year-end bonus is coming later. The bonus is coming later. This is the C money for me to invest in you in this company. Mm. Tears started rolling down my face. I could not believe my dad went from a no to blessing me with this money. Mm. And the second question asking was, the mom said yes. And, you know, in the Asian family, mom makes all the decision. And so my mom said My dad said, mom said yes as well. And so I knew the Lord changed my mom's heart and my dad's heart. And that's how this whole journey started. Wow. That's incredible. So your family, I assume, is believers. Um, They are. are. Uh, You must have really had faith in in God's leading to to be like, hey, I'm going to put God to the test to, to speak you know, that's, that's faith in God, that God can speak to them and saying, you know, God, you, you talk to them and, and communicate with them. That's, that's awesome that you had that, that faith that God would talk to them just like he talked to you. That, it, that was a defining moment because when we 
are called to walk on water, we got to put our right foot or our left foot out first. Yeah. And then the Lord will guide us through it. it. I tell people all the time, if the Lord is calling you to do something, he will not leave you hanging. Mm, he right. will not tell you, hey, Simon, I'm going to, I'm, I'm calling you to do this, but I'm just going to leave you alone. In fact, he tells us that he will walk with us. He will be with mm. us. He's faithful to the end. And so if my, if my father and my mother said no to me, I would have just waited and or I'm questioning that dream. I'm questioning what's going on. And so the Lord confirmed it in every step. He confirmed it. And so that's why I have so much confidence that this company belongs to God and doesn't belong to me. Simon, let me ask you this. Typically, not always, but typically God doesn't give you one great, big, massive decision to make and nothing prior to that. Typically, it's smaller decisions that lead to a little bit bigger decisions that over time, one, you're showing, you're saying yes anytime, no matter how big, and he's growing you, getting you to the point where when that big one comes, you're ready, you're prepared, and you have the faith. Have you seen that as the pattern leading up to this 50, or is there something different there? Absolutely. You know, when I graduated from University of Texas, at the age of 22, I asked the Lord, always put my life in the position of faith, mm-hmm. meaning that, God, I want you to get the maximum glory from me, from my life. And I told God, whatever it is, even if it's my life, it's, even if it's life unto death, I'm willing to do it. The biggest issue we have in America today is that we're preaching the American comfort gospel. Mm-hmm. And this gospel is preached not only in the prosperity gospel, but it's preached in the Baptist church. It's preached in the Presbyterian church. It's preached throughout America. And this gospel of comfort and a lack of surrender is not the true gospel. And so it is permeating in our country. It's permeating in our Western world. And I feel like those of us that are walking with Jesus wholeheartedly surrender. We have a, we have a duty and we have a call and we have the privilege of sharing the real gospel to people. The truth, of the, the, the truth of the matter is everybody around the world are dying for Jesus. And yet we, we are here in America living this comfortable lifestyle, thinking that we could do whatever we want and that God's grace is going to cover it. That is not the gospel. That is the comfortable American gospel that we've been preached that since we're a little kid. And I tell you, if we don't denounce that, then we will not understand what does it mean to surrender 100% of our lives to the Lord. And so I tell people all the time, 99% surrender is not surrender. When we wave the white flag, we don't say, hey, I'm going to give you 99% of my surrender. I'm going to keep that 1%. It doesn't work that way. The gospel surrender is 100% each and every day. Now, granted, we are humans. We will make mistakes. And that's where God's grace cover us. Yeah. But it requires us to be 100% surrender every day, each and every day. Scripture reminds us that if we don't carry our cross daily, we cannot be his disciple. There's no option A or B there. There's only one option to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And in business, there is no difference. Man, that's good. We could stop things right there. That's true. Just hit that on a loop. Yep. So as you started your new venture, you have the seed money and your the blessing from your parents. Um I assume it wasn't all rainbows and sunshine, you know, because when we're doing important work, when we're trying to make a difference in the world, it seems like that attracts more attacks, more, 
you know, discouragement. Um, so what was that experience like as you're growing this company? What were some of the challenges you had? And I'm sure there are even probably some internal self-doubt, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming, of just like, am I on the right path? You know, they, they just tell us about kind of how that journey was. Yeah. And I will share with you two stories that were defining moments in our company's history. Year four was the first year that we made money. And so the first four years, I didn't pay myself, but we were living off of savings. I just got married that first year, started the company. I told my wife, I said, man, we're not going to have any money coming in. Do you still want to marry me? And she said, yeah, I didn't marry you for the money. I married you because of you. And so so praise God for a wife that is, um, that's yeah. honoring to the Lord as well. Year four, we made our first um, profit of $10,000. And so we donated $5,000 away that year to a nonprofit here in Houston. And after we donated that check to a charity in a gala here in Houston, I came back home and a whispering of the voice started to tell me, Simon, you work four long years and the only thing you got to show for is $5,000. Everybody else, multi-billionaire donating millions to Africa, billions, and you have $5,000. I was on my knees that night, came home. I was just as sad as you could be, as you could imagine. And I realized that this voice is not from the Lord. And the reason I knew it immediately, because guilt and shame and condemnation is not from the Lord. He doesn't do that to us. He uplifts us. He encourages. He's never about negativity. He's always about positivity. And so I knew the enemy was after me. And the lie was this. You have wasted your four years for nothing. And I went down on my knees in prayer. I said, God, would you speak to me with your truth? I want to be encouraged through your word in prayer and by your presence. And God's voice told me this, Simon, I'm not after your money. I'm after your heart. So Simon, just stay faithful. Do not give up the race. I don't care about $5,000. I don't even care if you give $1 million. As long as you're faithful to the end, that's what I'm after. I was so encouraged. I was so uplifted. I knew from that day, the amount of money that we make, the amount of money that we give matters not. I check myself if I'm walking with the Lord every day, because if not walking with the Lord, nothing really matters. I'm reminded by, the, by John chapter 15, the vine and branches. If we're apart from him, Everything that we do in our own strength and power will be burned up. And only everything that we do for his name will last. And so that's a very big business principle here. Everything that we do in business in our own strength will be burned up in the end. And so do we want all of our works for God's glory to be burned up if we trust ourselves? And I would say the answer is absolutely not. We want our work for the Lord to last forever. And so that's the first story I want to share, a story of encouragement that God does speak, that God can encourage us in dark times. The second story that I want to share was year seven, we're about to go bankrupt. We had three months of cash left in our company. I knew that I could self-fund it more if need be through our own personal finance. But in our company, we had three months of cash flow left to pay our employees. So I decided to drive up to Dallas one morning to get some counsel encouragement from my brother, of mine that is walking with Jesus really closely. And so we, I drove up there at five o'clock in the morning, got there at nine o'clock in Dallas. And me and him was sitting in this restaurant with nobody in it. We had breakfast there. And it was just me and him at this table. And all of a sudden this, this um, lady 
African-American lady, about 70 to 80 years old, came into the restaurant with a cane, walking cane, and she slowly walked to us and just sat in our table without even asking us to see if she could sit with us. (laughs) And she suddenly touched my arm. And I kind of winked at my friend. I said, do you know, like I kind of whisper on the side, do you know this lady, you know? And, and, and as if she didn't see, I was whispering, I would whisper (laughs) right in front of her. And she goes, ma'am, um, how can I help you? I wanted to respect her because she was an elderly lady. She said, sir, I was praying this morning. And as I was praying, I saw you in my prayer. Mm-hmm. And I say, ma'am, I'm not from Dallas, Texas. I'm from Houston. <laughs> I literally drove up this morning. You, you must have mistaken me with another person. I said, and she in- immediately interrupted me. And she said, no, you're mistaken. I saw you, exactly you, in my prayer. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, well before, we, before we go any further, were you praying to a Christian God or were you praying from some other God? And she goes, no, 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 I'm a, I'm a follower of Christ. I said, oh, thank God. <laughs> and so she said, she said, in my prayer, God told, me to, God told me three things that I wanted to share with you. I said, really? Okay, well, I'm... I'm more than happy to listen to you and and, 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 and and to see what you have to share. She said, the first thing is this, sir, God has heard your cry. God has heard your cry. And I said to myself, well, that's really generic. I mean, anybody could make that up. You know, my faith is even less than a mustard seed at this time. And and I said to her, I, in my heart, I said, that's, that's very generic, but I'm encouraged. I have been weeping. It had been crying because I was so sad that our company was about to go bankrupt. So I said, I, I just I just kind of received that and put it in the bank, you know, didn't really do anything with it. The second thing she said to me was, sir, God is going to take care of your company. I said, hold on here. I said, ma'am, do you know that I run a company? And she goes, no, I'm just telling you what God told me. Mm. I said, wow, at this time. Every part of my hair and my body started standing up. I started to shake. I started to get nervous. I knew that God was speaking at this moment. I said, ma'am, what is the third thing? She goes, sir, next year, you're going to have record-breaking sales. I said, wow, ma'am, did you know that, I, that we're about to go bankrupt in three months? And she interrupted me again. She goes, no, you don't understand. I'm just sharing with you what God has told me. Mm. I said, oh my goodness. Now being a business person myself, I said, is that top line or is that bottom line? <laughs> is it is it top lines, are we talking about revenue, record profit, or are we talking about bottom line profit, you know? And, and she goes, all I heard was that it's gonna be a record breaking sale. I said, well, it could be top line, you know, or it could be bottom, I don't know what it is. I don't know what God wants. <laughs> and then she offered and said, sir, can I pray? with you. I said, of course you can. She laid hands on me. I was crying this entire time. My friend was crying. After she prayed, I said, amen. And my friend and I, we raised our head and she was gone. Mm. Not there. My friend and I, we looked around. I said, where does this lady, where did she go? We just said, amen. Now, granted, I had tears in my eyes. I couldn't see everything. 
we, we were both in bad shape there, but I, we didn't see her. Mm. So I ran to the woman's restroom thinking that she might have gone there. It was not there. We asked the waitress. She didn't see it either. And I went outside to see if her car was there or it might be, she might be walking to her car. No, nobody. And I looked at my friend. I said, and this is a Southern Baptist guy, by the way. <laughs> I said, do you, believe, do you believe in angels? She goes, well, I didn't before, but now I do. And you can ask this friend to testify this. He's still in Dallas. I wrote a, I wrote a whole chapter on this encounter. Hmm. I, I drove, home to, uh, drove home and called my wife <laughs> immediately. I said, honey, I just met an angel, and our company is going to be okay. Next year, 10 months into next year, nothing. At this time, I was self-funding the company, and I was doubting that 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 I was doubting that vision that God gave me seven years ago. I was doubting that woman that gave me these three things. I was doubting everything. October came next year. Our sales manager came into my office and said, Simon, do you want the good news or do you want the bad news? I said, well, give me the good news first. He goes, Simon, we just landed our biggest account from the state of Wisconsin for $2 million. Mm. I say, what? I said, what's the bad news? He goes, well, you're going to need cash to fund these POs. I said, well, that's not bad news. That's easy. We just asked for the bank for it. And so, <laughs> so year in, year in, record-breaking sales, record-breaking profit. Mm. When I tell people Jesus runs our company, he will do amazingly more than we could ever think or imagine. You could have a, a great trajectory. You could have great strategies, and we do all that. We have great strategy. We have great plan. We do have great processes. But God is going to show up, and he is going to blow your mind off if we're willing to let him come in and rule and reign our company. So I just want to share those two quick stories with you guys of God-sized stories that that – that anybody could experience if we are willing to surrender 100% to him. So, Simon, I also have some Southern Baptists in my background. <laughs> Amen. And, and I listened to you, and I heard you in, in Orlando, and you didn't share both of those stories. You shared the first one. Um, so I, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think like someone who's hearing this for the first time, hearing your your sharing of these stories, but has never experienced God in the way that you're describing. They've read in Scripture about these kinds of things, or they've heard about them second, third, fourth hand in other places, but they've never experienced it. And there's a there's a gap between where they are right now and where you are right now in your experience. And they're, they really, frankly, are saying, I don't know that that's even possible for me. I'm going to say that based on my reading of Scripture that I believe it's possible in, the, in this realm, but I don't know that it's possible for me. How do I get there? Because I'm here, and it doesn't look easy or even, I don't even know how to move forward to get to where you are because I desperately want to be there. So... I know that's not as simple as a here, follow this prescription, these one, two, three steps, but speak to that question, that doubt, that unknown around how I go from, from a God that I experienced through reading his word and praying, but but I never get 
such visible and real and practical responses? I know you don't want three steps. I'm, I'm going to give you three steps. Okay, I'm going to. I'm <laughs> I'll gonna take give you three, three steps. steps. Oh man, let's 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 not overcomplicate this. You know. Yeah. Um. The first step we we already talked about. It really requires a hundred percent surrender of our heart. Mm. Why is that important? Because the moment that we're hundred percent surrender, we're saying, God, whatever in my life will give you the most glory. Then. God could start working in our lives. So that's we we talked about that already. 100% surrender. So if there's any areas of our life that you have not surrendered, and I think for CEO, the common things are money, power, and control. Mm. And some of us struggle with fame. Maybe others is their marriage. Whatever it is that you have not surrendered, we got to give it to the Lord. And say, Lord, I'm I'm tired of trying to fix my own issue. I really need you for you to come in. It starts with a surrender prayer. And so mine started at age 22. When I got on my knees and I said, God, do whatever you want me to do in my life. So it starts with there, okay? So for your listener, I ask that you pray on your knees, that you are praying to the Lord of the universe, Lord of your life. Stop praying in a posture that does not honor the Lord. The only posture that we're going to be in is prostration in heaven. In heaven, we're not only going to kneel on our knees, but we're going to be prostrated on our on our face mm-hmm. because the king of glory is going to be so radiant that we can't even open our eyes. And so practice that now in our prayer. I, I lead my family every night in, in prayer on our knees. Our kids are on our knees in prayer. So our posture and our heart and our mind really does matter when it comes to prayer. So have a prayer of surrender. The second, the second thing I want to talk about is to not put God in a box. What I mean by that is do not tell God, well, God, I'm on, I only want you to speak through the Bible. Hmm. And if you don't speak to the Bible, then I'm not going to receive it. Who are we to tell God what to do? How dare we say that, God, you can only speak one way and that's it. Yeah. Most people don't even realize that the Bible was not even written back then in the Old Testament. How do people hear from the Lord? Mm. All the prophets, major and minor, they heard, they heard directly from God. And that spirit that is in the prophets in, in the old days are living within us. The spirit of the living God lives inside of us. The minute that we receive Christ... He lives inside of us, and he has a personal relationship with us. And, and I so, hear, pause there, pause there, just a second, Simon. I don't want to. I don't want to get you off yeah. track. Don't lose your thought. But what I want to make sure you're that the listener hears is you're not saying throw away scripture because I just no. heard you minutes ago say God's speaking to me fifty. My dad's saying no, but I know scripture says honor my father and mother. So I'm still going to honor that. God's not going to contradict His word, but He's not limited to his word, right? That's right. That's right. We filter everything through his word. The word is our foundation. Yes. Okay? And so so if you're getting a call in your life and the scripture does not back it up, then we got to be very careful. Now, now, there are some calling in your life that are so specific mm-hmm. that it's not in scripture. Okay? Donate 50% of the profit away. Well, this command, donate 50 is not in the Bible. It's, no, it's nowhere in the Bible. 
And so, but we still have to filter it through God's word. And God's word says that he speaks to, through, to us in dreams and in visions. Yeah. In the last days, he will pour out his spirit through his young man and young woman through dreams and visions. Now, we either believe that verse or we don't. Hmm. I mean, there is no half-heartedness in that scripture. And I do believe we're living in last days. Now, last days theologically means that after Jesus has died and risen, from that moment on is the last days. Mm-hmm. We're living in the last days, okay? Theologically, that, that, that last days is really what that means. And so, so certainly we have a time where Christ is coming closer. He's coming back closer and closer. But these last days that we're living in, God is doing a great work in us. And one of the ways that he speaks to us is through dreams and visions. And so so I so for point number 2, I want the listeners to take out all barriers of what you have taught through through church, through our conservatism, what God can do and what God can't and throw everything out the window because we don't want to put God in a box. Mm, and good. so God, speak to me through your word. Speak to me through godly counsel, men that I, men and women that I know that are walking with God, speak speak to me through these people. God, speak to me through dreams and visions. God, speak to me through circumstances. God, speak to me in my life. God, speak to me directly. Whatever method that you want to use, God, I want to 100% surrender your voice and your call in my life. I will put no limitation to you. Because I want, at the end of the day, do the will of my Father. Mm. I want to do the will of my Father. And so if it means to speak through multiple mediums, do so in the name of Jesus. Mm. And so that's step number two, have absolutely no barriers. And then the third thing is, I want to begin to ask your listeners to test that. And so in the beginning, it might be some baby steps. It's very similar to riding a bike. And I shared this at the conference, Chris. If you remember, it's listening to God's voice and experiencing his call and his spirit in our life requires us putting on a training wheel first. God never calls us to jump in the deep end and not walk us through it. Again, he always is with us. And so the next time you, you maybe you feel like you sense something in your dream and your vision and say, God, you know, I don't know if this is from you. It might be I ate too much pizza last night and I'm just thinking crazy. But, you know, I I don't know. So, God, whatever you're calling me to do right now, I'm just going to test it. So let's just say let's just say you're at a restaurant and and, and the Lord might speak to you and say, I want you to give generously to this waitress. And you say, well, I don't know if that's from the Lord. Is it just me selfishly want to be generous or what? You, You go ahead and test it. And you give you give generously to that waitress and you see what happens. I did this just a couple months back and I gave a hundred dollar tip from a twenty dollar meal. And I sensed the Lord, that was the number. And I gave it to the waitress and she started to cry. And then her manager came to me because she was crying so profusely, and her manager wrapped around her. And she asked me, sir, do you, what, what is your name? I said, my name is Simon. She goes, you have no idea what this $100 is going to do for her. Because during COVID, she lost everything. She was, she was almost homeless. And right now, 
she doesn't even know where to get clothes for her kids right now. Hmm. And she goes, this $100 is going to go towards buying clothes for her kids. We ended up pouring into this young lady, our entire church, on my friends. I posted this on Facebook. And she was so, so encouraged that she said she wanted to come to our church. This all started from a prompting of, of right. the Holy Spirit. In obedience. In obedience. You walk in it. Now I, now, I didn't know whether it was from the Lord, but I went ahead and jumped in. And when you're faithful in the little, mm-hmm. you will be faithful in the big. The Lord will give you something bigger later on. Right. And so I just want to encourage the listener to just jump in, to not be scared. God loves us. If we made a mistake, if we think it's our own flesh, you know what? God doesn't beat us up. God knows that we're on this journey of intimacy with the Savior. He knows. And so he's going to just coach you through it. He's going to walk you through it. He's going to bring people into your life that will help you through it. And um, and so, yeah, that's those are the three practical things that I, I feel like your listener could just start you know, right now. Very simple. Not necessarily easy, but very simple. And I think if you don't if you don't get the first one, you can forget the second or the third. You can forget the second and third. Yeah. Because because we we all want the blessing of God, but we we don't want to give our heart. You know, it's it's a consumerism American gospel that we're that we we've been sure. taught. Bless me, bless me, oh God, keep me safe, keep me comfortable. But but God, God wants our heart, our whole heart. And, and that's Greatest the first thing that we got to give him. First yeah. thing that we got to give him. Good job. It's easy for business owners. You know, there's usually some extra capital you can grab here or there to be like, okay, God, I'm going to give you X amount of dollars. I check that box. You know, let's, let's keep on going. We'll call ourselves a Christian company. But, you know, he does. He wants the heart. Um, what do you think keeps people from surrender, surrendering? Is it a wrong view of God? where they say, you know, God is someone who's not strong enough to take care of me. You know, if I do surrender to him, he's going to mess up somehow. Is it, you know, pride? What What are the things that, that keep people from uh, surrendering? You know, I think I could speak for myself. The number one barrier is control. Hmm. You know, we, 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 we often feel like that we could control our company. We could control our life. We could control our destiny. And, and somehow, you know, cancer comes into our life or tragedy comes into our life. And it reminds us once more that we are indeed not in control. Yeah. And so if there's anything that we want to surrender today, it would be control. It's like, God, don't just come in, but take over. Yeah. You know, God, God, don't just come into pockets of my life, but God completely invade my life. And I think when we pray that kind of prayer, it's a passionate invasion of God's spirit in our life. And, and when we pray that kind of prayer, guess what God's going to do? God's going to show up. Mm. Often God doesn't show up because we pray half-heartedly. We pray in, in, in a way that dishonors him, that doesn't, that doesn't lift his power, his reign, his grace in our life. Mm. And so I would say stop praying that God come in. Man, God, take over completely take over my marriage, my company, my life. I want to completely give it to you. Surrender control. I would say, man, if there's anything that you want to do today is is give up control. And man, Mm. God's going to show up. 
That's, that's powerful. That's big. And, and I think it, you just touched on it, but the, the key here is you don't actually have it. So give up <laughs> the illusion of control and quit trying to make that work or happen when technically it, you don't have it. You None of that's us right. have control. Ask a parent. Right? Ask a parent of a teenager. Do you have control right. over that kid? No. No. You can you can no. physically handcuff them to the bed and and bolt the bed to the yeah. floor. They're still not controlled. There's something that's going to exactly. happen. So it's an illusion of control. And you know it's the same thing for our business, Simon. It, when we surrender the business, it's as if we're giving it over to God when it's actually already His. That's we're right. just acknowledging His ownership. We're not actually transferring ownership. He owns it from the beginning. Every penny in our business is his. The 5000 you donated that fourth year was already his. The 5000 he let you keep was his. And he doesn't That's need right. the million or the 10 million. Yeah. You said That's it originally. Right. He wants the heart. Yeah. That's why the, the widow's might was such a powerful example because it wasn't about the amount. It was about the heart. And that, that's what we've got to get down to. Yeah. Jesus boiled it down to love God with your entire heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's the first and greatest. And then turn around and do it to your brother, yeah. your neighbor. That's right. You know, you know, the number one question I get over these past 20 years of business is, is I get phone calls and email and say, man, Simon, that's great what you're doing. If I make my first million, I'm going to start donating. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And that is one of the, 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 the lie from the pit of hell is once we get to a certain point, then I'll do this. Once I retire, then I will give up my, my life. Once I get to 40, then I'll go to seminary. Once I get to 50, then I'll donate my first million. It's, it's always later. And later is always a lie. And I always challenge people. I said, if you, don't, if you make 10,000 and if you don't give, that, give up on that, then what makes you think that when you make your million that you're going to give up on that? It's going to be that it's much harder. It's not going to happen. In fact, the more you make, the harder it is to give up. And that's why scripture reminds us that it's harder for a rich man to enter the eye of a needle. It's the, the accumulation of wealth. It's going to be harder. And so surrender right now what you have completely to him because the more 401k that you have, the more savings you have, the harder it is to completely for God to take over. Now, it's not impossible. I'm, I'm, right. I'm not going to say it's impossible because nothing is impossible for God. I am just saying that it's going to be harder. Yeah. And why not start when it's easy? You know, if, why not That's start exactly with God's right. calling? And it's never going to be yeah. easier than today. It's true. Right? That's right. So That's right. Yeah. Hmm. So powerful. This has been incredible. <laughs> incredible I told chat. You. That's so good. What's a piece of advice that you wish you'd been given 10 years earlier? You know, one of the reasons why I went back to business school is the areas of finance and reading numbers and and, and understanding the financial health of our company and how to run with the spirit of God and have sound biblical finance was important. And so I had to go back to school to get retrained in this area. So anybody that is, I mean, I mean, aside from the three things that we talked about already, um, I would say I encourage every Christian entrepreneurs to really get their numbers right, to have a basic concept of finance, we are called to be accountable with the stewardship that God has given us. And so what you see is the polar extreme is that a Christian goes through business and they, they just want to walk by faith. Okay. Or the other Christian that says, well, I'm going to just fix everything by myself. 
the truth is somewhere in the middle is that we got to have intellect and we get a, we got to have faith those two things are not exclusive they work together for the greater good and so so you know you know you got to have your theology right you got to have faith you got to trust god but you got to have the right process you got to have the right uh, team you got to have the right infrastructure and so the foundation to company is cash i tell people all the time jesus is the king capital king but cash is the small king and, and so and so uh cash is still the little king we have to make sure that we manage our cash flow learn how to manage that improve our cash flow so that we can donate money away that's good love that what's the top resource that you'd recommend like a book well, you know what? I, I, I don't I don't believe in self-promotion, but here but here it is. If you if you um, did believe in self-promotion, what would you say? <laughs> if, if I do believe in self-promotion, I would promote my own book that's coming out. Um, Jesus is my CEO. It's a 52, 52 um, week. I mean, it's a 52 week read. So we, it's 52 chapters in there. But each chapter is about two pages long. It's for leaders that are too busy to read or don't like to read. And so each page would take you about three minutes to read. You know, my first book is One Company Under God. It's more about our story of our company. And you can get that on Amazon or any Kindle um, device. But the second book, Jesus is my CEO, is about a practical guide of how do you bring Jesus into your company and how do you let him lead and run your everyday operation. And so there are 52 biblical, practical tips that I'm going to give you from my 20 years of, of experience here. And you could take that principle and you could apply it immediately. And so um, so that's going to be launched Q1 of next year. And and there might be some pre-sale going on. We That's not set up yet, but I'm, I think I think that's a good idea. But there, there, there's been a lot of interest in this book. But um, but aside from my own self-promotion, there's another book that really changed me. Um, John Piper's book, One Nation. Uh, no, um, John Piper's book is called uh, Something Nation. Um, oh, I forget the title of it, but we'll find it in the uh, show notes. Yeah, just put, just put "Nation" John Piper. It'll, it'll come up. But um, but one of the quote in that first chapter is that mission exists because worship doesn't. Mission exists because worship doesn't, and that has changed my life big time because God is after the worship of His people. God wants greater worship than ever before in our life. So that's the second book that I, I highly encourage everybody to read. That has changed my Excellent. life. Is that uh, Let the Nations Be Glad? Let the Nations Be Glad. I read it 25 years ago and I forgot the title of it. <laughs> that's but all yes, right. That's, that's we got your book. back. Yes. All right. We'll put, we'll put you, that in the you. show notes as well as links to thank your you. books you. as well in the show notes. Um, this has been an incredible conversation. I love your passion for God and I love this encouragement to just give your give your heart away to, to God and surrender. Uh, what do you think the big takeaway is? What is what's the thing that business leaders and, and people who are listening to this podcast should should leave knowing and, and having in their heart? I would say rest assured that God loves you, that God has a really a wonderful plan for all of us. And if we're willing to trust that, if we're willing to let it, let it go and let him take over, you're going to see an aspect of God and his journey in your life that you, it's just going to blow your mind away. You know, we, we see these awesome stories in the Bible. We're like, man, God did this and God did that. Well, the same God that did all those miracles is the same God today. And he could do it through you and in you and through you. And 
And, 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 and it doesn't have to be a Jesus story just in the Bible. It could be a Jesus story today. And so I just want to challenge your listener to, to understand how joyous and how peaceful this is. The burden is always light. When we walk with God, joy comes and burden is light. And there is so much excitement in walking with God. We don't talk about the benefits of walking with God, but there are tons of benefits. And so one thing that you notice right away, that the worry and anxiety of this world will disappear. Mm-hmm. And, and the only thing you're going to be concerned about is, God, have I surrendered my life today? I'm going to wake up in the morning, and I, the first thing, God, I want to surrender everything today to you, to your name. And everything else is secondary. The primary is surrendering to the Lord, the king of our life. And I hope that your listener can be encouraged by that because God loves us tremendously. Mm-hmm. That's great, Simon. Thank right. you for that. That's great. That's fantastic. This has been an incredible conversation, and I'd encourage anybody who's uh, listening to this, if they want to uh, to help you on your mission, uh, go to your website. It's buyonpurpose.com, correct? And uh, that is correct. Yeah, and, uh, and 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 check it out. See what see what you guys have listed there, and uh, you can get some great deals. And then also make a difference and and help help grow uh, grow the kingdom. So thank you so much, Simon. Really appreciate your time. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much, guys. God bless you guys. You too. Thank you for listening to another episode of Eternal ROI. If you like what you heard, we would love for you to take a moment and leave us a review and share an episode with somebody you know. If you are inspired to begin bringing the power of God's love into your workplace, take a moment and check out our free assessment at hwaw.com. It'll only take you a few moments. It'll give you a snapshot of what your company looks like and maybe some ways to move forward. Just click on the link in the show notes, and we'll see you next time.